Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, Torah Reveals God's Presence. And we're up to chapter 52, meaning one more chapter following this until the end of this section of Tanya, which I, um, on a personal note, review is always much more um, rewarding for me than, than learning the first time. Wow. So, so I look forward to kind of uh, sharing perhaps uh, some some high-level takeaways that we could all practically um, put in our life from what we've learned. Are we going to have some kind of a seum when when? Oh, we, oh <laughs> yes. Uh, no, the answer is God willing, yes, yes. Oh, that'd be, that, that's exciting. Yes. Are we, um, we going to have what? Uh, a, a celebration. Oh, oh yeah, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah. There you go. So, so we're talking about how God is everywhere. And yet at the same time, we say that Hashem dwells in the, in a temple. He dwells in the Holy of Holies. Is Hashem everywhere? Or does he dwell in specific places? That was chapter 51's question. And we shared that the same question is in the soul. The soul is everywhere. Yet we say the soul is, is more in the brain. And so we explained, anyone want to recap? What did we explain last week? Okay, no testing here. We, we explained that within the soul, there is the essence of the soul that is equally everywhere. You can't cut apart the essence. But there's the revelation, um, which already within the revelation, there are different levels and it's more in the brain than everywhere else. And so we said, Hashem's essence is everywhere. But the revelation is more revealed in specific places. That was chapter 51. Now chapter 52 says, one second. Everything in the Torah, including an example, is exact. So you brought me an example from a human, and you said there's a human's brain. Well, if that's the case, hi, Dr. Malov, good evening. What is Hashem's brain? And what does it mean that Hashem is more revealed in his brain than elsewhere? Who could tell me what is Hashem's brain, so to speak? When we talk about Hashem's brain, what does that refer to? Okay. So this is going to take us back to chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Tanya. Chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Tanya. Um, and I'll share with you this handout that I've made. <clears throat> chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Tanya shared with us the tenth sefira, and the first ten are with our Hashem's intellect. The first ten are chachma, wisdom, bina, understanding, and das, and knowledge. These three are Hashem's intellect. So when we talk about Hashem's brain, so to speak, it's referring to the three attributes. Three sefirot of Hashem's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Hashem, remember, Hashem's essence is greater than revelation. The moment Hashem allows for there to be any revelation, even the highest level, any specification, which is a limit. Remember, if Hashem is everything, the moment you could say Hashem is Chachma, Hashem is wisdom, 
That's not Hashem's essence anymore. The very ability for Hashem to be able, for us to be able to say Hashem has wisdom, that is an incredible limitation on Hashem. But it's a revelation. A limitation is a revelation. Hashem's essence is everything we can't, we can't connect with it. It's, it's not revealed. Of course we could connect. I take that back. But we can't see it. The moment Hashem allowed himself to be limited, that allows us to have a, to have a more seeable, seeable connection. You know, we say about Hashem that Hashem's humility is his ability to reveal himself. So, putting this together, why am I sharing this? Because when we talk about Chachma, Hashem's wisdom, Hashem's wisdom is described as a dot, as is the letter Yud. The letter Yud is described as Hashem's Chachma. It's just a dot. It's extremely deep. Everything is in that dot. You could take a dot and you can take anything you want from it. But it's a limitation. It's not, it's already limited to that dot. So Hashem has taken his essence and he's put it first to Chachma, Bina, and Das. Let's look for a moment to the quote of Tanya right here from chapter 52. We're going to see inside in a moment. The essential manifestation of the general stream of vitality animating the worlds and the create creatures therein are clothed and contained in his blessed will, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which are called intelligence. So Hashem, the first stage of Hashem's revelation is coming into his, Hashem's brain. That's why I have over here a picture of the brain in the middle. Because Hashem's brain, so to speak, is Hashem's wisdom, understanding and knowledge. Which, by the way, Hashem has taken his will, Chachma, Bina, and Das, and put it into the Torah and Mitzvot. So if you want to connect to the highest level of Hashem, it's through Torah and Mitzvot. And before we go back into Tanya, I want to share one more thing looking at this view. So any questions? I do know it's a little bit of a loftier topic, but, but it's going to be very practical at the end of chapter 53. Extremely practical, a, a takeaway message. Now, Hashem's, Hashem's energy still is much greater than flowing lower to the next world. In order for Chachma Binadat, Kesha Chachma Binadat, to connect to the next world, it has to come to Malchus. What does Malchus mean, anybody? Could you call it out? Kingship. Kingship. Very good. The, the Hashem's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge has to flow all the way through Chesed, Givur, Tiferes, Netachod, Yisod, all of these spheres until kingship. And kingship allows it to now flow into the next world. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Malchus, what does it mean? What's kingship? What's kingship? When you look at a king, The lowest level of the king is the level conducting the, the country. When, I, when a king speaks and says command, 
or even when the king goes ahead and makes a proclamation, that's the lowest level of the king. In an average day proclamation, you don't see the king's deepest wisdom, understanding and knowledge. But his connection to his people is through his kingship. So again, that's what you see on this. That's what you see here in the spheros. Malchus, the idea of kingship, the aspect of a person being able to connect with another, with another it's the lowest level of his essence. But, Rabbi, can I, yes, can I yes, ask please. a clarification? I know we've learned this. So then Malchud, even though it sounds very impressive, kingship and all that, it, it's actually the lowest level because we, we don't have the capability of connecting on those higher on those higher levels, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. Actually, Malchus is like the moon. The moon has nothing of its own. But the moon shines forth the sun's light. Hmm. So Malchus is kind of that conduit. Let me give you an example I heard from Rabbi Gordon, of blessed memory, an incredible example. He says, Malchus is like a woman that just had a child. When this woman was born, she was three years old. All she was, she was a girl. She was, she was, a, she was a girl growing up. She had wonderful parents. But the moment she became a mother, and sorry, let me go back. She was a girl. She could have been had chachma. She could have been intelligent. She could have had chesed. She could have been kind. Givura. She could have been strict. Tiferes in her beauty. The netzach, the ability of, of victory. Yisod. She could have been a very founded person. But the moment she has a child, does that child look at her as an intel intelligent person? Do they look at her as a, as a very well-based person? Or do they look at her, does her daughter look at her as, as her mother? The only existence to the child is the mother. The moment you have a child, to you, to the child, you're their mother. So let's take Malchus here. Malchus is the woman giving birth. And as you'll, so as you'll see in a, um, here, as you see in this slide, Malchus, uh, this is Malchus of the world of Bria, becomes the Kesser of the world of Yitzira. So, so bear with me for a second. What this means is Malchus becomes from a girl, a mother. Let me see if I can make this a drop smaller. Here. In this picture, what I'm trying to depict, as we'll soon see, you have two sets of 10 spheros. The top one is the world of Atsiros. The bottom one is the world of Bria. Malchus, do you see, by the way, do you see my little mouse moving around Malchus? Do you see the, my mouse? You do, okay. Malchus of Atsilos is a, is a girl. She's a girl. She's receiving everything from her parents. At that moment, she's just a child. Now, a ch 
child is important, but she's secondary to her parents. But the moment she gives birth, so now she's a whole person of her own. The moment, as you see now, when we go to the next world of Bria, she became a mother. Now, all of a sudden, this girl becomes a mother. She has her own set of attributes. And as she gives birth to another child, Malchus of Bria, that, 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 that child is now going to become a mother of her own and have her own set of tense spheres. Are you, are you following with me? Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. In that case, let's jump back into the Tanya. I think we're ready. Oh, sorry. I want to say something. One more thing before we jump into the Tanya. Malchus, the level of kingship within Atsilus has seven names that it is referred to as. Let's jump into those seven names for a second. No worries, no worries. We're so happy you're here, Moshe Mendel. So here are the seven names of Malchus. In reference to the worlds and create creatures. So in reference to all the three, all the three or the four worlds, Malchus of Atsilus is called Alma Discalia, the world of manifestation. Why? For this source is the beginning of the revelation of the light of Ainsof. So Malchus of Atsilus, remember, this is, a, is the baby girl, but who's then going to now create the f coming world. Ah, so she is referred to as a world of manifestation, a world of revelation. That's one name. Second of all, Malchus is called Matrunisa. She's called a queen. Because a queen in Kabbalah, the, the idea of a queen is, is someone who fulfills the request of her husband, the king. So Malchus is going is to carry out the dream of the rest of the world. He's going to reveal the rest of this world of Atsilus. A third name, Malchus is called a lower mother. Why? Because like a mother gives birth, Malchus similarly is going to give birth and, and, and sustain the coming world. Fourth name, Malchus is called Shechina because Shechina means to dwell and Malchus is the ability to, to allow Hashem's energy to dwell in a lower world. Malchus is called, the fifth Malchus is called Hashem, God's speech in the breath, breath of his mouth. Why? Because speech reveals, and similarly, Malchus reveals. Finally, the last two items, number six and seven, Malchus is the source of the Jewish soul. Malchus of Atsilus is the source of the Jewish soul, and therefore, Malchus is called Aim Habanim, mother of the children. Anyone know we say in hollow, Aim Habanim, what's the next word in hollow? Aim habanim semecha hallelujah. Aim habanim, the mother of the children. Who's the mother of the children? This is a reference to Malchus of Atilos. And finally, Malchus is also called Knesset Yisrael. We talk a lot about the community of Israel, Knesset Yisrael. The, the idea of Knesset Yisrael is referring to Malchus of Atilos. Okay, now I know I've gone on with a lot of detail, but let's jump in. I believe at this point, we're going to be able to have a good understanding of the beginning of chapter 52. Here we go. Chapter 52. 
Now, just as in the human soul, the principal manifestation of the general vitality is in the brain. Okay, the primary place of revelation is in the brain. While all the organs receive merrily a light and potency, which shines to them from the source of the manifestation of the said vitality in the brain. So the brain has the greatest energy. And from there, each limb reveals, each limb um, accepts and is given the ener specific energy it needs. So indeed, figuratively speaking, is the essential manifestation of the general stream of vitality animating the world and the creatures therein, clothed and contained in his, in his blessed will, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which are called the intelligence. And these are those which are clothed in the Torah and its commandments. So just like the principal, the principal manifestation of your soul is in your brain, exactly the same. Hashem's principal manifestation of his revelation is in Hashem's brain. Mark, test. What is Hashem's brain, so to speak? It's the soul. What is Hashem's brain? So uh, Hashem's brain. Um, With, in the tenth spherot, which spherot is Hashem's brain? It, it would be intellect. Understanding and knowledge, Chachma Bina and Das, which by the way is Chabad. Yeah. Chabad is an acronym for Chachma Bina and Das. Chachma Ba Bina Das. The D of Chabad stands for Das. That's based Dalit. So Hashem, just like our brain, our soul is primarily in our brain, the revelation of our soul is primarily in our brain. Hashem's soul, so to speak, is primarily within his brain. Hashem's intelligence. Let's just review what we said here. You'll see the, the area with the brain, Hashem's brain, so to speak, is Chachma Bina and Das, and that is where the greatest manifestation and revelation of Hashem's energy is. Okay. But if a person just has a brain, he's in trouble. It's not going to do him too much good. You have to have the rest of your body. So similarly, Hashem's flow from his brain is going to go further. Let's see that inside. The manifestation of this general flow of life is the source of the vitality which the world receives, each one in particular. So from this energy in Chachma Bina Dasavatil, each world, and how many worlds are there, Maisha Mendel, generally speaking? How many worlds? How many worlds do we generally talk about in Kabbalah? Ten? Four. Generally, we say there's four worlds. The world of, At the world of Atsilus, Bria, Yetir, and Asiya. Close, Michael. Well done. Close. Close. Yeah, it's only six off. <laughs> um, so each one of these worlds in particular will receive its own flow. And the reason I said, generally speaking, my Shemendel 4 is because in the end of the chapter, we're going to say the, the truth is there's an infinite amount of world. But as a whole, we say... I was closer. I was closer. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Mark. Only a glow is diffused and shines forth from this source <clears throat> in a similar manner as the light radiates from the sun by way of example. Or as the powers of the organ of the body derived from, from the brain as discussed above. We've, we've mentioned earlier that if 
you would go to the sun. So a, a ray of light comes into Gershon's house. And Gershon travels with that ray of light back to the sun. He wants, wow. to th- he wants to thank the sun for this incredible ray. And he comes to the sun and the sun has no clue what you're talking about. Like, what's the ray of the sun? Because in the sun itself, the ray is nothing. The ray is almost non-existent. The essence of the sun is much greater than the ray. But we can receive the sun itself, right? If we, we receive the, the energy of the, of the greatness of the sun itself, we won't be here. So we need the ray. So our connection to the sun is the ray of the sun. But the sun itself doesn't even understand what a ray is. It's much greater than a ray. It's much greater than its little shine. And similarly, the energy that's in your toenail comes directly from your brain. But it is so far from your brain that it's hard to connect them. It's so hard to connect the energy in your toenail that you could cut your toenail. And it won't hurt you. You could cut your hair and it won't hurt you. But it is still, your hair is still deriving direct benefit from your brain as seen in the fact that it's constantly growing. So again, the brain is connected to every single part of the body, but some parts of the body are so, so far, but they're still connected. It is this source, which is called the world of manifestation or queen or lower mother or Shrina. So here, Tanya says, this energy, the source of the energy in Malchus of Atsilos, which is now going to reveal itself lower to the world, so far we've established it as four names. As, as I showed you earlier, it's called the Alma Discalia, world of manifestation. It's called Matronisa, the queen. It's called Ematata, the lower mother, and it's called Shrina. Now, we're not just throwing out names. It's not like you have a name that's Gershon, Gary, Gary, or, you know. No, each of these names is particular and is teaching us a big message. Let's see that. And Tanya now is actually going to establish why it has all these names. Why is it called Shechina from the scriptural verse, phrase, that I may dwell Sorry, not why. Shina, what does the word Shina mean? It comes from the scriptural phrase that I may dwell among them. And now Tanya explains. Why is Shina the lowest level of Ma'avatilu? Called Almadiskalia, world of manifestation. For this source is the beginning of the revelation of the light of Ain Sof. Okay. So this source is the first revelation of the light of Ain Sof, therefore it's called the world of manifestation. Why is this source called queen? Because this source extends to and illuminates the world in a revealed manner. So this source, like a queen who's going to fulfill her, her husband's desire, this source is going to now reveal and and 
nourish the lower world. Why is this soul, why is this level called the lower mother? For this, from this source, there extends to each individual thing the particular light and vitality suitable for it. Like a mother, who a mother gives every, every child exactly what they need. And finally, why is this source called Shekhinah? And it, the light, dwells and is closed in them, thereby animating them. The light dwells in them. That's what Shekhinah means, to dwell. Okay, so this energy in Malchus of Atsilus is connecting with the lower level. It's animating. It's dwelling within. And remember, let's not forget, this is also the source of your soul and my soul. That's what Tanya continues. Therefore, it is figuratively called mother of the children. Aim Habanim. And Knesset Yisrael, community of Israel. For from this source have animated the souls of Atsilu. And have been created the souls of Bria and so forth. All of them being derived only from the extension of the vitality and life from this source, which is called Shina, resembling the radiation of light from the sun. Okay, so this, uh, let's go back to our picture here. Malchus is the, is the energy of the lower world, and therefore it has all of these different combined names. Any questions before we jump ahead? Uh, how does Shekhinah relate to Malchus? Ah, what does Shekhinah mean? Uh, dwell, uh, dwelling place. Shekhinah means to dwell, and actually the point that, that this chapter is going to bring out when we conclude is there is no level called Shekhinah. You can't come and say Hashem Shekhinah is this level. Within each scenario when Hashem Shekhinah dwells on that particular level, that level is called Shekhinah. Shekhinah is a relative term. It means in this particular setting Hashem is dwelling. And Hashem could dwell in each setting in a different level. You following with me, Gershon? Uh, somewhat. So, so he could dwell even on a, on a like a much higher level of the of the four worlds, even right? You know what, Gershon? I believe we're going to answer your question within a paragraph or two. Yeah, that's fine. Let's see if we see it inside. So, what have we established? We've established that Hashem is allowing himself to be revealed. But bear in mind that Hashem is only allowing a lower level to be revealed. Not even his pure brain, right? Your brain is not fully revealed. If you look inside of your hand, you're not going to see your brain. You'll see a very limited energy that's coming from your brain. Similarly, the Shekhinah reveals a lower level than itself. It doesn't reveal fully itself. But as for the Shekhinah itself, namely the origin and core of the manifestation, whereby the blessed itself illuminates the world in a revealed form, and which is the source of all streams of vitality in all the world. So the Shekhinah itself which are coming down 
wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which are coming down through the tenth spheres into Malchus, to then illuminate the lower world, their entire vitality being no more than the light which is diffused from it, like the light radiated from like the light radiated from the sun, just like the energy that comes from the sun is so distant from the sun itself, meaning it's so, it's so far, the sun can't even appreciate the ray. Mm. Similarly, the, the pure energy of Hashem's intellect is too much for the world to handle. The world cannot endure or receive the light of this Shekhinah, that it might actually dwell and close itself in them without a garment to screen and conceal its light from them. So, they, that, so that they may not become entirely nullified and lose their identity within their source. Like the nullification of the light of the sun in its source, namely the sun itself, where this light cannot be seen, but only the integral mass of the sun itself. Aha. So now Tanya is saying something much, much deeper. If you look here at this picture, it says, by Malchus, Shechina is too strong without concealment. That means Hashem's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge have gone through the 10 steps of Atsilo. They've gone through the Chesed, Givur, Tiferes, Netachod, Yisod, even to Malchus. But Malchus, the energy that's there is still too great for the following world. Remember we said, generally speaking, there are four worlds. The highest world of Atsilos comes from the word Eitzel. It's right there. It's, right, it's close to God. That energy is too great to create the following world, which is called Bria, creation. So how can Malchus now create a lower world? How can the lowest level of Atsilos now create the next world of Bria, the, the ability for creation? You know, I feel like we should review the four worlds and what, what they are as we talk. So it may, it may help us. The four general worlds we talk about that allowed creation to happen are, firstly, the world of Atsilos. Remember, Hashem's essence has no defining term. So the first world, the first step to a physical world was the ability to limit Hashem to 10 levels. It's still, it's still right by Hashem. But the fact that Hashem was able to limit himself within the 10th sphere, that is already a very great limit. And that is referred to as the world of Atsim. But it's close to Hashem. Over there, you don't feel that you're a create. You don't feel that you're a creation. You feel one with Hashem. So the ability for now there to be a world of creation where already you feel as a separate entity, that is an incredible contraction. Okay. But even once you got that contraction, you're just a world of creation. But now you want to have a world of formation, a world of your theory. You want already that not only do you feel that you're separate from Hashem, but already now you have a, an identifying form. That needs an even bigger contraction. Until you come to the last, the fourth world of Asiya, of action, 
that fourth world again needs a, a, a significant contraction to have it, to allow it to happen. So coming back, for Malchus of Atzilus, for Malchus, the lowest level of this, of this world, which is right next to Hashem, to now allow the world of creation to come, there needs to be a contraction, a concealment. What is that concealment? What can conceal on Hashem? This is a tough question, actually. What can, what can conceal on Hashem? What can conceal Hashem? Is that what you're asking? Yes, I'm asking you, how can we take this incredible energy and conceal it now to allow the lower world to come? Well, Hashem could just take a step back. It could be cloudy. Um, it, there could be a curtain. There could be a lack of faith. Um, what else? Well, so let me let me clarify my statement. The Torah says you ca- you are you are not able to conceal yourself. Ain etzem master You cannot conceal yourself. I'll give you an example. Yeah. So you can't conceal yourself, but. If you don't have faith or you don't believe, you're doing an implied conceal. Tell me more. Okay, so let's just let's just say for discussion purposes, you're you don't you don't believe in. Um, Maybe you don't believe in the omnipotence of Hashem, but you might be on a pathway to dis- just like we're on a pathway right now to learn more about Hashem. But three years ago or four years ago, Hashem was far more concealed from me because I wasn't participating in your classes and learning more about him. So the more I'm learning or the more you're attempting to teach me, the less concealed Hashem is. Okay, so to, to apply that here. Oh, well, I, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's where the difficult part comes in. <laughs> well, Mark, you can do it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what a confidence. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how to how to apply that in this in this circumstance, other than that everything becomes a little bit unconcealed as you choose to educate yourself or expose yourself to the learning. Does that does that kind of make sense? I appreciate that point. Yes, yes. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about this rule that the Torah has. If, if you need to wear a yarmulke, for example, so technically, if it's just to cover your head, you could put your hand on top of your head. However, the Torah says your hand and your head is the same thing. Your hand cannot cover your head. 
because you're one being. By the way, you'll pay attention. If you ever see a rabbi, sometimes they'll go like this. Generally, they're actually going to make sure that their shirt is covering their head. So sometimes they don't have a hat and they want to make a blessing. They'll go like this. They'll make make sure that not their hand is covering their head, but their shirt that's on their hand is covering their head. And, And that's because of this point that we learn that a body cannot conceal itself. Yes, you could conceal... You could conceal yourself from another person. Yes, they can't see you. But you can't truly conceal yourself. You're all one. So how can Malchus, what can conceal Malchus? And here we learn an incredible thing. An incredible thing. Hashem, you know what it means if I tell you the deepest energy of Hashem, you want to connect. <laughs> Think about this point for a second. You want to connect to Hashem. If you're going to learn about how animals gore one another, that is, that's like the, you're going to connect with Hashem. You know what type of mundane conversation that is? If you want to connect with Hashem, then take a talis. Have two people fight over it and figure out who, and someone here is, you're talking about some, some of these acts. You could even be talking about in, in the Gemara about some of that, that sinning. And yet you're talking about the legal, someone who sinned, what's the legal punishment. In these mundane conversations, you have the deepest levels of Hashem. That's what you see here. It says, God's will. Chachma bin and Das are closing the Torah and it's the highest level of Hashem is closed in Torah. If you want to connect with Hashem, you should, we need to learn halach. We need to learn Torah law. So now, when we talk about a concealment on Hashem, you know it's a concealment on Hashem. The Torah. Huh. The Torah. That's ironic, because... <laughs> Yes. Because Hashem wants to reveal the Torah to us, but at the same point, if we're not, I guess if we're not learning and understanding it, he's concealing himself from us. Oh, the deepest levels of Hashem you'll connect with when you learn the most mundane convers- the most mundane law, yes. But there's still a there's still a big, big concealment. Right. Can I can you tell me? That when you go ahead and you understand that uh, if an animal was slaughtered appropriately, then it could be used for filling. If it wasn't slaughtered appropriately, you can't. So now I've connected with the, the essence, the, the highest level of Hashem. Yeah, you've connected to the highest level of Hashem because Hashem wants you to. Not because that that law itself is the deepest level of Hashem. Hashem put himself in there, the concealment. And that concealment allows Malchus of Atzilus to continue to conceal itself and create the next world. Hmm. Let's, see, let's see that inside. We'll conclude with this thought. 
what is this garment which is able to conceal and close the shechina, yet will not itself be completely nullified within its light? Normally, if something is concealing light, how could it block off the light? It should continue to further the light. The ability for Hashem's energy to be, to, for the Malchus of Atilas to be limited and concealed further to now create the next world. This is his blessed will and wisdom and so forth, which are clothed in the Torah and its commandments that are revealed to us and to our children. Why? Because Torah, for the Torah comes from wisdom. Which wisdom, which is supernal wisdom, the wisdom of Atil, that is immeasurably, immeasurably higher than the world of manifestation. Chachma Vatilos is much, much greater than Malchus Vatilos. Why? For he is wise, but not with a noble wisdom and so forth. Hashem's wisdom is something we can't even comprehend. And has and as has been and as has previously been explained, the light of the blessed Ain Self is clothed in and united with his supernal wisdom. And he may he be blessed, and his wisdom are one. Okay, so Hashem's essence is in his wisdom, only that it has descended by means of obscuring gradations from grade to grade with the descent of the world until it has closed itself in material things, namely the 613 commandments of the Torah. So Hashem's essence has come into the mundane and material conversations that the Torah is involved in. And let's just read this one line. As this wisdom came down by by descent from world to world, the Shekhinah too came down and closed itself in each world. So Hashem's wisdom is in the Torah and Mitzvah. Now, Hashem's wisdom also is going through the 10 levels of Atilus. It's in Malchus of Atilus. It's now going to, it wants to create the next world, but it's still too strong. So I need a Torah and Mitzvah to, to help conceal that to now create the next world. And what Tanya is now going to do is, it's going to be telling me that as energy flows, the tip of that energy is always going to be called the Holy of Holies. The top tip of the energy is always going to be called the Holy of Holies. And the bottom tip of that energy is going to be called Malchus. So as the energy flows from the world of Asilos into the world of Bria, the, the top of Bria is going to be called the Holy of Holies. And the bottom of Bria is going to be called Malchus of Bria. It's going to be called the Shechina of Bria. But when that now goes to the next world, what will the top of, of Yitzira be called? The Holy of Holies. Let me see if I can give you a picture to explain. Malchus of Yitzira, which Yitzira is the third world, that's the lowest, Malchus of Yitzira is the lowest level of Yitzira. But when it goes to now a lower world, to the world of Asiya, it's now the top of Asiya. Right, the lowest level in one world now becomes the highest level of the next. 
And as you see, the highest level of each world has, I put a picture of the ark there. It's the holy of holies. In each particular world, the highest level is its holy of holies. And the lowest level, the level that will now give birth to another world, is the level of Malchus, the level of Shechina. So, so Gershon, I told you we're going to talk about what Shechina means and how it's not a specific term of a specific level. Shechina is the idea of shining forth. And in every level, the level that's going to shine forth and create the next world, that is the level of Shechina. So as you see, each world has its own holy of holies. That's the highest level. And it has, it has its own level of Shechina, the level that's going to give birth to the next level. Gershon, does that help clarify? Yes, but just to clarify some more, at each level, as it, as it descends, as it were, because, it, because I read somewhere earlier that the light of the Shekhinah was too great without some concealment. Yes. So each world kind of filters down this light so that it, 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 it's not too much. For exactly. Them. Exactly. That's exactly the point here. The point is that Hashem wants to have a physical world. And if Hashem would have created a physical world, something directly from nothing, we, would, we wouldn't trace back to anything. Imagine if it's just Hashem and the world. So when you do a good deed, it's not tracing back to anything. Mm. But what Hashem did is Hashem didn't make Hashem and, and the world. Hashem made a chain of events. So when you do something on this physical world, you know what? It has, a, it has an effect on the highest world. Remember, if you pull... The longest rope, I don't care how, how long it is. If you pull the bottom of it, it's going to have an effect on the top. So by Hashem creating these, this chain of worlds, our effect down here, our action down here, has a big effect above. The, the world of Asiya, uh, which is action, I guess. Yes. So is that action that people do or action that Hashem does? Good question. Both. Yes, yes, yes. The world of Asiya, the world of action, is a reference to the the world of of us, of us having the ability to feel like independence and actually make create our own. Right? In this world we could feel that our own sheer brilliance allowed us to come up with such a beautiful building and build it. Although it's not our own brilliance. Hashem gave it to us. But yes. yes. It's referring to us. Yes. Let's recap and we'll, we'll conclude here. In summary, just like a human, it, within his brain, is the greatest revelation of energy, but from there, the flow goes to the entire world. We're saying similarly with Hashem, the greatest revelation of Hashem's energy is in Hashem's brain, which is, Mark, I'll try it again. What is Hashem's brain? I can't hear you. I'm muted. 
Um, what about Hashem's brain? What is Hashem's brain? What is Hashem's brain? It is, it is everything. Good, good, well said. Hashem's brain is everything. But in particular, in our conversation tonight, Hashem's brain is chachma, bina, and das, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Right. And in, in Hashem's wisdom and understanding and knowledge is the greatest revelation. But from there, it's going to come down and give each energy the particular, um, it's going to give each energy the particular flow that it needs. And next week, we're going to go through each of the four worlds and discuss the specific energy in each world. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining. Thank you, Rabbi.